0: Good morning, well, 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 here we are again After two weeks of leaving me hanging This guy thinks he can slide right back into my podcast feed and have my heart Who do you think you are, Pauly? Uh It's good to be back, thank you for letting me come back I appreciate this, two weeks, no podcast, what are you doing? Consistency is key Tell you what, The podcast doesn't even have to be great as long as they know when it's coming out and it comes out, you hit the consistency, you're going to make them happy. And you didn't do it, you failed on it. So I I apologize. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Not an excuse, not an excuse, right? I still had time to shower and go to bed in those couple of weeks. But I'll run through what I did, and and I'll I'll tell you the truth. It was uh, it was busy, but it was fulfilling. It was a fantastic couple of weeks. I missed two podcasts in a row. The last two Sundays there has not been a podcast. Um, It's the first time since I've been doing a podcast that that happened. Uh, You know, I typically would miss two weeks around the holidays. Which I was thinking originally, I was going, well, now I'll just not skip the holidays, and that way I'll be on track, right? I miss two podcasts per year, and, and, uh, and, 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 and if I work through the holidays this year, not work, but you know do a podcast through the holidays, well, that'll still work out the same amount of podcasts were put out. But I'll tell you this, I don't want to promise that because, I don't know, life is busy, it is what it is. I'm quitting jobs left and right, I'm like telling people no, I, here's what's going on. I'm going to list for you everything that I've done in the last two weeks. You're going to see it was pretty busy. Look, we're all busy. I'm not trying to say, hey, I'm busy and you're not. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I am trying to say is I just didn't have time. I couldn't find it. First of all, I had Leo's birthday. We went to Toronto. Uh, I do want to talk about I had dinner with Billy DeTori. I recorded a podcast for somebody else. I quit one of my jobs. What? We'll come back to that. I went to Ohio. I went to Chicago. I went to Binghamton. I went to, <laughs> I know. I was a... Uh, we had our Rotary Eastern Cities dinner. I had a dinner with my food safety auditor. My wife and I had a date night at Moulin Rouge. I had a charity dinner at Oak Hill today, by the way, November 19th, is Ryan Guglielmo's birthday, and uh, and yeah, and more, and that's just the last couple of weeks, so a few of those things I just ta- I just listed, I'm going to kind of dive into and talk about a little bit, but in general, it's just been busy, so I'm sorry, I really am from the bottom of my heart, sorry, I, uh, I get it, you know, a couple years in the podcast really starts to see traction, there was a, it's not, you know, listen, this podcast is not crushing it, I mean, you have to get to, I had always heard the number was about 10,000 uh, impressions to be able to, you know, really kind of make it to the next level of podcast, and some people are able to achieve that like uh, like Mark Marin for example was one of the early successful podcasts by just having really good content right he's got a list actors and actresses coming on his show and he's only doing two a week and he's getting that many impressions he's just got that many unique listeners then you've got other people who are just pumping out content every single day they're they it's you know they're doing a podcast 5 6 days a week and just getting it all over social media, putting clips all over social media, and just getting impressions that way. Just sort of just throwing everything they possibly can at the wall and then just kind of counting it all as unique impressions. Hey, you know, a couple hundred from Instagram, couple hundred from Facebook, a couple hundred from a podcast feed, and you just kind of put it all together and you get that number or you get a decent number. And then you got the people who do both, like Joe Rogan, who's got the the amazing content and also... Just has a ton of unique listeners, and well, hence that's why he's able to actually make millions of dollars doing a podcast. Um, I have never made one single penny doing this podcast. I have not had a ton of money thrown at me for this podcast, in full transparency. I'm not saying I'm turning things down left and right, but I have turned down two times. I've turned things down for advertising on this podcast. Uh, One of the things, by the way, is something that I just have an observation on, and it's Country Max. And it's that Country Max, which I've been doing now for just about two years as a spokesperson for them, I think maybe just a tiny bit over two years, but right around two years, is really starting to break through. In And in, in what I mean by that, Country Max itself is not breaking. The Country Max itself has broken through for many, many years. But for me as a spokesperson and specifically people coming up to me and saying, hey, you're the Country Max guy. Uh has really started to, in the last month or two, just feel almost daily at this point. Just It's just happening constantly. And I just think that's an interesting observation that it took about two years to get to that point. Because, and why I think it's an observation is because uh, of two things. One, I remember when I first started on the Brother Wee show, I started in 2010 and when i first started there was sort of an immediate bit of backlash just an immediate bit of kind of who is this new guy we don't like him right that lasts for maybe three months then nobody cares nobody cares and you wonder what am i doing right what am i doing wrong what is going on here why am i getting no traction i think it was maybe the first two years or so of just you know nobody had any idea right like uh, just nobody had heard of me i guess is the way to put it is what i'm trying to say and then right around the two-year mark of being on the brother we show i just i remember like it was yesterday it just kind of snapped or clicked i should say just kind of clicked in the right direction and all of a sudden i you know i couldn't go anywhere without somebody saying you're the guy from the brother we show and uh it's interesting because it two two years it took two years and now i'm seeing that kind of same effect with country max where it took about two years and people are just left and right and, hey you're the country max guy i just think that's an interesting observation and i'll bring it back to something else i said a few months ago when radio 95 one made their lineup changes i had said that uh because i just as i mentioned in my list of things i just had dinner with billy DeTory, so it's fresh in my head they they um, need to just kind of stick with the changes for a little while. I, I mean, look, maybe ideally two years, right? Stick with those changes. Let them sink in with the audience. Uh, I, I, I know that they had a relatively bad ratings period for their first sort of numbers since their change. Now, I'll tell you the truth. The numbers that, that somebody sent me... Um, We're what's called 12-plus numbers, which is just overall rating, everyone 12 and above. That's a tough demo to own because that demo will typically get owned by like a top 40 station like a pxy or something like that so i don't know that it's fair to use those numbers against radio 95 one because 12 plus is just a tough demo for a station like that that's clearly gearing adult it's clearly gearing not just adult but probably more like 35 plus so it, it's just it i don't know that it's a good demo to use the number wasn't pretty but i again i don't know if that's the right number to even be looking at and you might say well why why do you why are you defending Radio 95-1 so much, man? Since they made these lineup changes, Polly, you just seem like you're in. You seem like you're there for it. Uh, you know what it is? It's two things. For one, I've listened to every show on that station now since they started uh, at least a couple of times. And I think they all sound really good, for one. And for two, uh, and this is really the big one, I am just so damn pleased that they decided to keep that station a talk station. Because I thought, prior to this iteration of the show, of the station, I thought that it was maybe going to only survive until Wheeze retired. Now, I thought originally that DeTulio and Bill Moran would take over for Brother Wheeze. and then when they got rid of Bill Moran, I thought... Uh, yeah, okay, well, they're just going to kind of ride this thing out, right? They'll ride out Wheeze. Wheeze will retire, and then they will uh, flip the format and just go in a completely different direction. This new kind of committal or commitment to, uh, to a talk radio station to me is, is just a gem. It's just I'm really happy they did it. Uh, but, again, just to kind of close this portion of the podcast, uh, I just want them to leave it alone for two years don't do anything for two years, and then see what is and isn't clicking. I think that the uh, big boss over there has a tendency to make too subjective of decisions and also to rush rushes his decisions. Um, so I got the opportunity to have dinner with Billy DeTore, a really good old friend of mine from the radio days. I'm sad I don't get to see him that often. He seems like he's doing great Billy's doing so good. Billy has a uh, a really really good job. He's very happy in it. He's living a happy life with his wife, and and just he's just doing so good. He and I went to bathtub Billy's, which is a place he likes. I hadn't been in a long time, um, and had a great meal, and just talked and talked and talked, and um, I had the opportunity to tell him. You know, because people ask me all the time, do you regret leaving radio? Do you miss radio? And I always say, I miss radio. Absolutely I miss radio. But I never for one moment have regretted leaving. Uh, But then an interesting question came up that I thought you might like to hear. And that is, uh, do I have any regrets? Not regret leaving radio, but do I have any regrets? And um, I said, yes. I said, I do. I have two things that I think... I wish I knew then that I do know now while I was doing that job. I thought of two things. And uh, I'm going to tell them to you. One thing is that I think I screwed up is working for Brother Weeze. probably around 2015 or 16. I wish I had seen that radio was, was changing or had changed at that point. And that niche audiences and niche content was kind of the future of audio entertainment. What do I mean by that? Okay. What I mean by that is that I came up in, most of us came up in an atmosphere, an environment, a world where radio was king and you, uh, you know, in the 90s drove to work or school or whatever and only really had three, four options. And it was the radio stations. You probably, if you lived, worked in Rochester and you drove to work in 1996 or school, you probably had PXY, Wheeze, Wham, maybe one or two other options. And if you worked with 100 or, uh, people or went to school with 1,000 people, you all probably listened to one of those small handful of stations on your way into work. Or school. And in 2023, and really I think this has been the case for the better part of a decade, probably at least seven or eight years, maybe as many as 10 years, you didn't have that. It, it, it's it's If you, you went to school or work with 100 people, you probably listened to 100 different things. It is just so fragmented now with podcasts and streaming services, Spotify, YouTube, and of course still some influence from radio where a hundred different people probably listen to a hundred different things on their way into work every morning, right? So I wish I had seen that and embraced the niche because when I first got into radio and specifically first got into working for Brother Weez, um it was still thought that we could get a mainstream audience, we could get a larger audience, let's get more unique listeners, convert them into what's called P1s or Priority 1s or essentially big fans, um, And, uh, you know, I just, I felt like, uh, I felt like that was the key there. I felt like it was get a bigger audience. And in my defense, that's what my managers were telling me was the key. But uh, in retrospect, probably around, like I said, 2015 or 16-ish, I think that kind of flipped. And there were just too many audio options at that point gaining more and more and more unique listeners is it was probably not the the key anymore and what was the key was fully embracing your dedicated listeners and and just kind of going niche and just kind of letting so in, in other words what i'm trying to say is the format on the brother we show from about 2015 on should not have been uh, you know, talk radio, news talk, sports talk, political talk, whatever. It should have been Brother Weeze. Weeze is the format. Whatever Weeze is into is sort of the format, and and I, I think I missed that. That's a regret I had. The second regret I have is um, in regards to my thoughts about the Big Boss. Um, I you know most for the most part got along with the Big Boss. Thought he was fine while I worked there. Um, would occasionally see some decisions and think, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. But frankly, that happens in every American workplace. I think every employee uh, everywhere occasionally looks at their employer and goes, huh, why? But towards the end, I really started to, I think, lose some faith and confidence in some stories that I've told already a few times on this podcast that made me just kind of scratch my head and say, you know, geez, even – even um, this feels even across – this feels egregious, right? Like this, this feels like a really bad decision. I don't understand this. Um, anyway, in regards to that, I did say another thing that, that I regret. I told Billy, I said, I have an understanding now for what it means to have context as a leader – that sometimes only the leader has that full context when it comes to a decision on something. Uh, what does that mean? Okay. So um, I would say the further down the totem pole you are in a, in a business from, let's say, a traditional structure of CEO all the way down to, uh, you know, the guy who just got hired yesterday, there is a amount of context that a CEO or a leader will have that just isn't going to be with that first day employee. What do I mean by context? I mean things like the money situation, right? That's always going to be if you're a CEO, number one thing on your mind all the time is money. Money in, money out. That's something your first day employee isn't going to know. Frankly, that's something that Only a very, very small handful of people at the very top of your organization are going to have a handle on is the money, the cash flowing in and the cash flowing out every single day and just how the decision making kind of influences the cash in and the cash out. And that's something that I know now. From sitting at the top of an organization that I have to admit I didn't know when I worked in radio is just the context. You know, you would see something. I don't know. Let's make it a football analogy. Let's see if I can do this. Let's say you play uh, in a, on a football team and you are on the offensive goal line formation team. You go in for every goal line play. Every goal line play, you're in, right? And you're great at it, and your coaches know you're great at it. But one day your coach comes around and he says, you know what? Today we're going to spend all of practice working on throwing the deep ball, long passes. Well, if you're a decent employee or a halfway decent employee, you might be able to look at that situation and say, oh, I understand why deep passes are important for a football team to have a good handle on. We need to work on those. Of course we do. But unfortunately, what happens, and listen, my hand is up in the air, and I will tell you, I've been that guy. Unfortunately, maybe you're a goal line Uh, uh, A goal line player and coach says we're going to throw deep passes and what are you going to say? You're going to say, well, what does that have to do with me? I don't get, why would we work on deep passes? We're goal line. I'm a goal line guy. I come in for goal line. I don't come in for deep passes. This is stupid, when in reality, it's not stupid. It's better for the organization in general. It just doesn't make sense to you because you're in your little bubble of the job, right? I get it. I get it now. I understand that. I can see that. I can see that. You know, I will tell you the truth. If you go back in time. <laughs> there's probably a couple of those decisions that were made that I didn't understand or agree with that I still would say, yeah, I, I really need that context explained to me because even with the benefit of the doubt, it still doesn't make sense. But all I'm saying is I understand the importance of context and how the top of an organization down, information flows from the top down and the context is most vivid or most understood at the top, I think. And that's that's something I, I told Billy. And and what a great – and by the way, Billy and I did the thing where we ordered a bunch of food. I think we ordered pizza, wings, and a meal each. Pizza and wings was just the appetizer. Then we each ordered a meal and then we ordered Diet Cokes. <laughs> And I think that was the day after, or like two or three days after I hit a deer. Because we had Leo's birthday, and the very next day, the morning after Leo's birthday, I was driving to work and I finally hit a deer. And frankly, it's sort of it's sort of like a miracle that I just now hit a deer for the first time because I have honestly driven on four ninety to Burgeon for the last three and a half years in darkness. And uh Come close to hitting deer a few time, a few times, and just finally hit deer for the first time a few weeks ago. Then I had to take it to um, give a shout out to my man Todd. Formerly of New Look Collision, now it's Gerber Collision. Um, Todd's a great business guy. Sold his business. Called him. He said, "Hey, bring it to Henrietta. Go, go, go see my cousin. She's still there." I brought it to Henrietta. They originally gave me a December twenty second fixed date. Yeah, it was. It was. I hit the deer on November second. They told me I'd have the car back on December twenty second. That's rough. But I recently got an update saying it was looking more like December eighth. So that's good. So I should get the Tahoe back soon. Right now, I'm driving a, a Nissan Murano with Florida plates <laughs> around town, so I got a rental car. Um, finally, insurance comes through. So I tell you what, paying that goddamn insurance bill every month sucks, but when you finally use it, because this, for whatever reason, I only have a $250 deductible, and I got 30 days of a free rental car, that is not bad. I can live with that. That is not bad. Not bad. Um, Also mentioned for my little baby's birthday, my boy, my Leo, we went up to Toronto. He had been talking about the CN Tower for the better part of the year. I mean, for Christmas last year, he got this globe, and you can press on the globe different cities around the world and one of those cities is toronto so he would press on toronto and then this little video would come up about you know the canadian national tower also known as the cn tower stands at 1800 feet tall and is the the tallest building in the western hemisphere so you know he had that whole like 30 second video memorized and told us how much he wanted to see the cn tower and at first we were like yeah we'll go we'll go buddy we'll go then finally it just made sense hey why don't we do that for your birthday and so we did we went up to toronto for the weekend. And we're driving on the QEW, Queen Elizabeth Way, I think. Is that what the W stands for? But anyway, up to Toronto and went to a nice, I love the Canadian pizza joint, Boston Pizza. So good, right? So good. It's a Canadian business named after an American city. And I think the, the founder is like, Swiss or something And it serves Italian food So it's an interesting story But nonetheless, great little pizza joint That's all over the place in Canada Got some Boston pizza Headed up to Toronto We're on QEW and we see the Toronto skyline And my wife and I Notice the CN Tower in the distance And we're kind of wondering When is he going to notice it And finally he does and he just has this reaction Where he's like, ah, ah, ah Ah there it is there it is and it was so cute oh my god my heart so cute he was so excited so excited we had a great time in toronto we ate at that restaurant at the cn tower the 360 restaurant where it's like spinning and it's just amazing just so amazing um so there was that that was great i mentioned i had done a podcast i did the bossy podcast with uh, Kelly Mestris and Kelly Bush of Salinas and Marshall Street and Union Tavern they have a really really good entrepreneur podcast called bossy Um, and that episode has not yet come out but should soon Uh, but they have a lot of past episodes you can listen to and I would highly recommend it Uh, other stuff I did went to Ohio because Ryan actually um, her birthday gift was that she went to St. Louis um, which she paid for herself that was like her gift to herself um, I bought dinner one night while they were there, but uh, Ryan went to St. Louis to visit her sister. So Leo and I went to Ohio for a boys' weekend and had a good time. Um, the uh, then I got back to Rochester. Now we're catching up to kind of current times, and immediately had to leave for Chicago as soon as the same day. Actually, Ryan landed from St. Louis. I left about six hours later for Chicago for the PLMA, Private Label Manufacturers Association, trade show, which is sort of the biggest show of the year for um, my business, for, uh, pri- for private label and co-packing and things like that. There's also Pack Expo, which I have to look into because I didn't know much about that, but I was told Pack Expo is another really good one, and we'll see if that maybe that's worth going to. I'm not sure. Um. Got back from Chicago and immediately then had to go down to Binghamton for a night, which I'd never been to Binghamton. What a great little town. Great little city. Love Binghamton. Fantastic night there. Wasn't there nearly long long enough, but I got to go there for the Grow New York competition awards ceremony. I I missed the competition part because I was in Chicago, but I got there in time for the awards and because I was a winner last year I got to present this year Present one of the awards And uh, I I got to d- If you want to go back on my Facebook page or something You can see video I went up there and of course I did a couple minutes of Hack comedy um, Everyone else Giving very serious speeches and talks But I go up there and try and get laughs So anyway it's Yeah I know I got to take things more seriously But I got good reviews on it People said we love the energy so that's good but uh that was so much fun to be at Grow New York again and, and this time not be really nervous because, you know, I was there just before the awards ceremony at the cocktail hour, and I remember last year for that hour just being so nervous. Just feeling like I had a bowling ball sitting in my stomach. I couldn't breathe. I was just like so nervous. And this year I was just loose as a goose, baby. Just like just So nice. Such a difference. And um, that was nice. So I got to do that, then head back to work and, and almost catching up to current times now, except for that Thursday night of this week, I had dinner at Fiamma with my old SQF auditor, who I'm now friends with. Friday night, went to see Moulin Rouge at the Auditorium Theater with my wife. Great show! I was not expecting to be blown away by Moulin Rouge. I thought Moulin Rouge was going to be good and entertaining. It was a really good show. I love they modernized it. It's got all like modern pop music in it now, uh, and and just the 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 story is sweet. The actors were so good. The woman who plays Satine just blew us away. Just so so good. Um, And then last night, to catch up to current times, I did a collaboration charity dinner for Oak Hill Country Club. This was actually to benefit Big Brothers Big Sisters, and I collaborated with Chef Chris Roth... And Chef Steve Aikens. Chris was for a long time the executive chef at Oak Hill. Now he's the director of food and beverage as Oak Hill prepares for some renovations. They're going to have a couple new restaurants. Uh, and, and, so uh, and of course, they do all their banquets. And, and then they've got the, the, the regular restaurant on top of that. So they brought in Chef Steve Aikens from Good Luck, who had previously been at the Lake House and before that had been at Radio Social. And Steve is now the executive chef, and Chris is director of food and BEF. So they've got two of Rochester's most talented chefs, between Chris and Steve, under one roof. I mean, Oak Hill, there's a reason Oak Hill is Oak Hill and is very prestigious. It's the culinary skill. I was there last night and got to work out of their kitchen. First of all, it's every bit as beautiful as you would think it should be. It's huge. It is huge. Anyone who's ever worked at a restaurant, a kitchen knows. The space is limited. It's like they forget they need space for a kitchen when they bill out restaurants. And uh, good restaurants will have a decent amount of space. But the good luck kitchen, I mean, not the good, sorry, the Oak Hill kitchen is gigantic. Like, you could play football in there. My God. And, you know, they're telling me, look, it's because we got to knock out these 400-person people banquets sometimes. We just, you know, we have to have... All this space, we've got a lot going on here. But I had a chance to meet every single one of their line cooks, uh, every one of their chefs, you know, pastry chef, banquet chef, executive chef, etc., sous chef. I mean, these people are at the tops of their games. The, the amount of talent that they have at that country club, working in that kitchen, is unreal. They have at least six or seven guys back there, people back there working, that could easily run the back of the house or be an executive chef at most of Rochester's best restaurants. And frankly, the front of house staff, a couple of managers and even the servers who could be lead servers anywhere they wanted in Rochester, all under one roof. I just—I guess I could have guessed that because, again, O'Kell, okay, right? But I just don't think I had quite a grasp on what it's like to have all that talent under one roof. You just don't see it that often, so... Really good. Really, really good stuff. So today's Ryan's birthday. Uh, As soon as we hang up from this podcast, I am going over to, uh, this was her choice, going over to Bagel Land to get a dozen bagels and a bunch of cream cheese and uh, her family's coming over. And then tonight we're doing Sunday sauce. Uh, Again, her birthday, so her choice. We usually have sauce at 1230. She asked for us to do bagels instead in the morning and then do Sunday sauce later. So we're going to have Sunday sauce at 430 right when the bills play. Um, and, um, you know, have some friends over, I think the morning portion is family and then the evening portion is friends. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of the bills, you know, my wife for the first time in our lives has become a a football fan. She's a bills fan now, uh, which of course I love. I I just, I love the fact that she's become a fan, but uh, with them kind of shitting the bed here, I have just been petrified, just petrified. That she's going to give up on them and stop watching football. So I, I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever rooted harder for the Buffalo Bills than I am today. Because if they keep losing, I'm going to lose my football fan wife. She's going to go back to not caring about football. I know, I know, bandwagon, bandwagon. I get it. But still, it's a lot more fun when she's into football than it was for the years that she wasn't into football. So I need the Bills to, to get their shit together, man. What the hell? Come on. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. I'm sorry about missing a couple of weeks. We will catch back up next week, okay? Have a very happy Thanksgiving, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast.